You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today we are going to do our weekly mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. And we begin with a question from Joe. Joe asks, do you think that Marcus May will surprise people with his versatility this year? Do you think that May being paired with Adams made people underestimate what he can do around the line of scrimmage, like how Herndon flew under the radar by playing on the same college team as David Njoku? I think that you know it's possible we'll see Marcus May make more plays this year. You would think that with Bradley McDougald on the team instead of Jamal Adams, May will probably spend more time near the line of scrimmage. And when you're closer to the line of scrimmage, you have more of a chance to make a play, especially in Greg Williams' defense. Williams is pretty famous for having one safety play way down the field. And when you're far down the field, you're not as close to the ball. And when you're not as close to the ball you're not going to make as many plays. And I do think May has more versatility than the Jets have shown over his first three years in the league. And that's part of that's because when you have Jamal Adams, you want to play Jamal Adams near the line because he's such a playmaker. He's you know, he's just going to make plays nonstop, which means the other safety is going to spend a lot of time playing deep. So I, I do think there's an element to that with Bradley, Bradley McDougald, who has plenty of experience playing as the deep safety. You may see Marcus May deployed closer to the line of scrimmage this year. So I I think that there's an element of this, but I would caution against reading too much into this because, I mean, here's the thing. Marcus May may produce this year. He's not going to produce at the same level Jamal Adams did, and that cannot be the expectation. Essentially what the Jets have done, the Jets have decided that you know, by sending Jamal Adams out, they've made their team worse this year with the idea of making the team better in the future, and they've decided that instead of having that, to improve the roster overall, they had to make the safety position weaker. Marcus May is not Jamal Adams. He's never going to be Jamal Adams, but he can be a very good player. And I would just caution people against putting too much pressure on Marcus May. It you know it, it doesn't remind me so much of Chris Herndon, David Njoku playing in college at Miami. As much as this situation reminds me of 2013 when the Jets had traded Darrell Rivas and people tried to talk themselves into Antonio Cromartie being almost as good as Darrell Rivas, which he wasn't. And this is not a perfect comparison because Cromartie declined that year. And Cromartie's productive career was essentially over. Uh, the next season, he went to Arizona and put together a pretty good year in 2014. But Cromartie was never close to Darrell Rivas. He was a very good player in his own right. And one of the things I worry about is when people try and talk themselves into Marcus May having just as much of an impact as Jamal Adams. Now that Adams is here, he'll be free to be closer to the line of scrimmage. And yes, that could mean that we'll notice Marcus May more. Maybe people will appreciate Marcus May a little bit more than they have his first couple of years in the league. Because I do think Marcus May has been a pretty underappreciated player by Jets fans just due to the, na the nature of his role as much as anything. Marcus May is not really a guy you notice when he's doing his job effectively. So maybe Jets fans will appreciate a little bit more what he brings to the table. But you can, I don't think you can view him as the replacement for Jamal Adams. And I think if you do that, you're probably going to be disappointed because at the end of the day, Marcus May is not as good as Jamal Adams. He's a very good safety in his own right, though, and I'm expecting a very good 2020 season from him. 
Joe also asks, what position group do you think will lead the team in touchdowns, tight end or wide receiver? Well, I think you'd have to go with wide receiver. And I say that I, if you asked me which player out of either group I would want if I had, if I was drafting and the, my only options were Jets wide receivers or Jets tight ends, Chris Herndon might be the player I choose because Herndon has a chance to be a very good starting tight end in this league. He's a guy who he really could become, he has the potential to be a complete tight end. You know, we talk about his pass catching. He also has the potential to grow into be a really good blocker, which is not, it's not, there are not many tight ends who are very well-rounded in this league. And I think that Herndon has the potential to be one of them. But I think that I also think, and I, you know, Denzel Mims, you may take if we're talking about long-term, but just for this year as a rookie, I want to keep expectations as low as possible for Denzel Mims. He would be the only other guy who'd be a good consideration. But all of this said, you have to remember that Adam Gase, through his career, has been a coach who has favored putting three wide receivers and one tight end on the field most of the time. You know, he's not a coach who really loves going double tight end. You know, there and that seems to be that's a formation that seems to be on the rise in the league, where you have one running back, two wide receivers, two tight ends. Gase has been a, a three, a one running back, three receiver one tight end coach and that's you know like you can call it uh, 11 personnel so when you play three wide receivers and one tight end at a time odds are the receivers are going to be more productive even if you like the tight end better than the three receivers you have triple as many receivers as you do tight ends on the field at any given time so that leads me to believe that you're going to see more production from the wide receiver position now the way things are going with the jets injury wise you know maybe they'll be forced to play more double tight end sets and we know that the jets coaching staff seems to re really love ryan griffin and you know ryan griffin did have a decent statistical year last year and i i am a little bit skeptical that he can repeat that especially when he He's going to be the number two tight end this year. He's probably going to get less playing time. He probably won't be as featured in the offense. So maybe that is an equalizer, especially if Denzel Mims' hamstring injury, which has kept him out of some training camp practices, lingers. But the, at the same note, the Jets don't sound that worried about it. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of this does come down to the coach. You, you just have a coach who likes to play three receivers and one tight end and even though i would probably take herndon and this is me part of me going out on a limb a little bit just because i like herndon herndon coming off a bit of a down season but even though i do like herndon better than any of the individual wide receivers the jets have i just think the receivers are going to get more targets through the course of the season you know that sam darnold has a has good chemistry with jamison crowder and they're going to work on developing chemistry with mims when he gets back uh, so I, I just think that ultimately you're going to see more touchdowns out of the wide receivers than the tight ends this year. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right 
locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they knew we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com locked on jets podcast here doing our weekly mailbag show here on this thursday our next question with chris herndon back an improved pass blocking offensive line brashad perryman keeping his momentum going and sam darnold taking a step forward what's the ceiling for this offense and don't forget the emergence of trevon wesco in training camp well, the pieces are there conceivably for the Jets to have an above average offense. So I'd say, you know, above league average if everything goes right. The thing with this offense is there are lots of question marks and there are things that could go either way. You know, you mentioned Brashad Perryman. He's not a guarantee, but he's got he's got potential to be a quality starting receiver. Denzel Mims, we don't know what to expect out of him as a rookie. Rookies are always kind of wild cards. You know, could he produce a thousand yards as a rookie? It's possible, but I'm not sure you can count on that. The offensive line's a big wild card itself because you have lots of players who could go either way. And, I mean, even when we talk about a guy like Connor McGovern, who you know we view as a sure thing, I mean, he's really only had one really good year at the center position in the league. Could he fall back a little bit? George Fant's a total wild card. Makai Becton, again, you have a rookie there. When it comes to the tackles, both guys are high ceiling, high floor. So there are, there's a wide variety of outcomes. And in any event, when you just throw five guys together on the offensive line for the first time, you don't know how long it's going to take for them to gel. It could happen immediately. It could happen. It could take a while. And Chris Herndon, you know, you come, he's back after essentially missing the entire 2019 season. How much are you going to get from him? There's just a wide variety of potential outcomes. Now you would prefer to have guys you are confident in going into the season. And maybe in a year or two, that's where the New York jets will be. But at this point you, you have a wide variety. The one thing I would say is that, when it comes to wild cards for football teams, it's very rare every single one of them ends up being answered positively. It's very rare you get a best-case scenario for every single question mark on your team, so you'd like to have as few question marks as possible. But look, the potential's there. What's this? The ceiling, could, they could be above average. But there are question marks as well. And you know, like some of these question marks are, will the Jets be as good as they were a year ago? Because I don't want to overrate Robbie Anderson, but I think you'd say he was probably the most, maybe maybe not the most consistent receiver, but he was probably the most talented, the best big play threat the Jets had. And there's a scenario where Brashad Perryman's not as good as him. The most consistent offensive lineman on the team last year was probably Kelvin Beecham, with, with the exception of maybe a bad game or two. Makai Becton and George Fant have the potential to be much better than Beecham, but it's also possible that either of them is worse than Beecham, and you, da- you take a step back. So it's also possible that this Jets offense may have downgraded in some areas. There's a, lot, there's a lot of variables at play here. We just don't know. But if you're asking what the ceiling is, well, listen, there's a scenario where everything works out well. All the questions are answered correctly. And there are guys on this offense with potential. I mean, on paper, you may not think it looks that great, but there certainly are, there certainly are players there who have high ceilings where if everything breaks right for them, they could have a very good season. Our next question Convince me that the Jets are not going to have less than six wins because I feel like this is definitely a team in contention for a top five pick. Well, it's like I mentioned, you know, I I mentioned some of the scenarios that I laid out earlier about guys reaching their potential. But here's the thing about the NFL. If you get a lot of young players who arrive as impact guys earlier than you're expecting, it can change everything for your football team. You know, it's very easy to forget because they have Drew Brees, because they won the Super Bowl back in 2009, 2010. A few years back, the New Orleans Saints looked like they were just in a stuck in a perpetual 
period of mediocrity. They had run off a bunch of seven and nine seasons together. Their cap situation was in bad shape. Yes, they had Breeze, but they did not have enough around Breeze. And there was not there were not really many mechanisms for them to improve. And then suddenly they have this incredible draft where they get four instant impact players, where they get Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramzik and Alvin Kamara and Marcus Williams. And suddenly they're at the top of the league. Or if you go back, you know, you go back a little bit further, the Seattle Seahawks, how things just click for them with in 2012 with Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman emerging, Bobby Wagner playing well, Earl Thomas, who I guess Earl Thomas had kind of become an elite safety in 2011. But they had just had a young young players who, in addition to some other role players who emerged for them. So it can happen very quickly if you have a bunch of guys, if your talented youngsters all start to emerge at the same time. So what's a scenario where the Jets have a successful season? Well, obviously, Sam Darnold's taking the next step, showing that he's giving you a definitive answer that he's a franchise quarterback. That would be one thing. Quinn and Williams becoming the next great interior defensive lineman, a guy who takes over games, a guy who just causes offenses headaches. That would be another guy. Mekhi Becton stepping in, things clicking immediately, him being a rock at the left tackle position. Denzel Mims being being that kind of impact guy, being an 1,100, 1,200-yard receiver as a rookie. These are things that could make a big difference. And it's very easy to forget in the NFL that almost every team has issues. You know, it's very few, very rare that you don't you have you have a team that doesn't have weaknesses. So you say, well, the Jets have, will still have a weakness here, a weakness there. Everybody's got weaknesses. If the Jets have some of these young players emerge and, and become impact players, that can go a long way to having a successful season. Now that said, asking four guy, four young guys to all emerge at the same time, that might be a lot to ask. So I can't say that the Jets, you know, I can't guarantee you the Jets are going to have a successful year. And there's certainly a scenario where things don't go that well. There's certainly a scenario where they end up with a top five pick. But there is a scenario where this young talent all emerges at the same time and the Jets end up having a very successful season as a result. You've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and the food will be left right at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Again, that's $5 off your first order with zero delivery fees. Download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, your first order with DoorDash. Locked On Jets podcast here on a Mailbag Thursday. Our next question, do you, are you concerned that Adam Gase may get a free pass this year because of the changes to the league and the unique situation? The Jets are in an unenviable position of having a ton of new personnel and practically no practice time to get them acclimated to the scheme or to build chemistry. It might be easier to, for ownership to write off this year entirely, especially with no preseason. Well, I'm just going to say this, is if the Jets have a bad year and ownership gives Gase an excuse because there was no preseason because there was limited practice time. There was no off season program. If they use that as an excuse, they were never going to fire Gase anyway. They were just going to find an excuse no matter what to keep him. And it's not a good excuse because every team in the NFL 
has had to deal with these circumstances. This is not a situation where the Jets were, I guess you could argue with all the new players, fine, but other teams are bringing in new players. Every single team in the league has had to deal with the lack of an off-season program, the lack of practice time, the lack of a preseason. If the Jets, again, if the Jets use these circumstances because there was no practice time to acclimate new players as an excuse, that's a sign to me that ownership had already decided that they were going to make an excuse for a bad season no matter what happened. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know where, where ownership what ownership's thinking. I have never known what ownership is thinking. Um, my guess is that Adam Gase needs to have a good year to save his job. That's my guess right now. Just an educated guess. I'm not basing it on any insider information. Just what I'm assuming right now based on you know making an educated guess. Next question. The Jets have players who are probably not in their long-term plans but may be valuable or helpful for a team making a run at the playoffs. Players such as Henry Anderson, Pierre Desir, Brian Poole, possibly Jordan Jenkins on defense, along with Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, Jamison Crowder, and Brashad Perryman. Assuming a complete season happens, but it goes badly and it's apparent early that the Jets are not playoff contenders, would it be a good idea to trade these players and get assets since these players are not part of the long-term plan? What do you think could the, the Jets could get, if anything? Uh, to answer your first question, yeah, I, I mean, I think if you fall out of the race early, and you have players who are not part of your 2021 plan, why would you not trade them? Why would you not get something in return rather than let them leave for nothing this offseason? I think the Jets, with the cap space they have and with the needs on the roster, they're not going to be in a position to get compensatory picks for losing free agents. So your option would either be trade these players now and get something or get nothing in the future. Uh, that said, I mean, I don't know that any of these guys are tradable. I, I really don't. Um I mean, here's the thing is that a lot of these guys don't have good contracts. Henry Anderson does not have a good contract. Le'Veon Bell does not have a good contract. You know, Jamison Crowder's contract is not great. And the rest of these players were available in the offseason. And they were available. I mean, the rest of these guys are all Desir, Poole, Jordan Jenkins, Frank Gore, Brashad Perryman. These guys were all available for these teams to sign. And all these players could get was a one-year contract with the Jets. Now, yeah, look, it's possible in season Brashad Perryman has a big has a big year and maybe he raises his trade value. Although if that's the case, you know, like then he's probably part of the Jets long-term plans. It's one of those situations, one of those odd situations where if the guy actually produces, you want him. And if he doesn't produce, the other team's not going to want to trade for him. So, you know, you don't want to, if Rashad Perryman goes out and plays great, you don't want to trade. You don't want to trade him. If he doesn't play well, the other team's not going to want to trade for him. So, I was a little skeptical that any of these guys has traded. I mean, Frank Gore was available for months on the market, and nobody signed him for free. And you get into season, I don't know that anybody's going to trade for him. So I, I don't know that these guys have a lot of trade value. I think if in a world where maybe the Jets start something like one in four, would I try and deal these guys? Sure. But I think the, these are players who either have a bad contract or really did not have any market in the offseason. And it makes you wonder, yeah, maybe you suffer an injury at a spot, maybe you suffer an injury at corner, and suddenly you're interested in Pierre Desir, whereas in the offseason you did not have that injury, you thought corner was settled, so you don't want him. I mean, that's possible, but in all honesty, I'm really skeptical that you're going to be able to get anything for these guys. Next question. Based on the draft and free agent signings to this point, what would be the definition of a Joe Douglas guy? Well, I think one thing is clear as far as Joe Douglas goes. And this is actually, this is something that goes back decades in the NFL. This goes back to, you can, and you can read about this, back when Bill Belichick was the coach of the Cleveland Browns, there was this famous Cowboys executive, Gil Brandt, who came in and he showed them the famous Dallas Cowboy scouting system. 
And one of the things the Cowboy scouting system has is they have specific attributes they need for, for a player in each role. You know, your corners need to have arms this long. Your running backs, need, your wide receivers need to be this fast, this tall. They have very specific physical attributes for these guys. And one of the people who was in the, organization, the Browns organization at that time was Ozzie Newsom. The Browns then, Belichick was fired. The Browns moved to Baltimore. Ozzie Newsom takes over the Browns. He kept that system in place. And Joe Douglas learned under Ozzie Newsom. I think you see very much. I think you see very much through the moves the Jets made in the draft, and in free agency this year. Joe Douglas has that system in place, or something like that system. I mean, the system's evolved over the last couple decades. You're not looking for the same things in a player you were 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But Joe Douglas has a very specific mold of what he wants in mind for each play, for each role, for each position. And he's not going to change on that. And there's a, there's an old expression that we don't want to build a team. You, you could say, well. You may say you want a receiver who's this tall, but some receivers are shorter than shorter than that and have success. The response to that is we don't want to build a team of exceptions. So Joe Douglas is very big. You know, you have to fit the physical attributes Joe Douglas is looking for in a player at a certain position. There's no question about it. If you look at it, guys the Jets have brought in, they have measurables. Look at George Fant. You know, George Fant may not have the best history of production, but he's got as much athleticism as anybody. Look in the draft what the Jets did. They picked the the offensive tackle who was available with the best physical tools in Mekhi Becton. They want, they, want, they want guys who are big. They want guys who are athletic. They want guys who are fast. Denzel Mims, second-round pick, physical specimen. That's what the Jets have looked for. Jets, Jets want guys with the physical tools. You know, they're not looking for the guys who are the, the undersized guys who make the most out of what they got. They want guys who have the physical tools. They want Goliath. They don't want David. And the second thing I think that Joe Douglas wants, it's pretty clear, and this is something he's talked about, guys who love the game, guys who are going to work hard. You know, and there's actually a follow-up to this question. Is there any surprise Jet who will be cut because they're not a Joe Douglas guy? I think the answer to that's probably no because at this point, you know, Joe Douglas has had a chance to put his, make his mark on the roster. And anybody, anybody who wasn't a Joe Douglas guy probably got cut last year or not re-signed after this season. But, you know, an example of that would be Ja'Kai Polite, who, you know, may have had the physical tools, but maybe was not as dedicated to working hard. You know, you got, I think the two, the two things that, that I would say are, make you a Joe Douglas guy, at least at this point, are one, you have the physical tools, and two, you're going to be a hard worker. Polite may have had the physical tools, but as we know, there were issues with the coaching staff getting him to do the work. So that's what I would say. I would say if to the extent there's an example of somebody being cut because they're not a Joe Douglas guy, that might be it. And you know, we'll see We'll see whether Joe Douglas brings in the right Joe Douglas guys because at the end of the day, you can have these philosophies. It's all about finding the right players who fit your philosophies. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.